On August 17th, I loaded some camping gear on the back of my bicycle and left my home in Wisconsin with the vague goal of like getting to Seattle and going down the Pacific Coast. You can't shape your life out of that pressure that society wants you to be something. You're just not gonna find happiness, you know, if you're not doing, if you're not being true to yourself, pursuing your calling. I believe that the world is an inherently good place and that the vast majority of people out there are good people. Welcome to the People Around Town Community Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Michael Cropper, and I'm really happy to bring you this podcast. My purpose is to connect with people from all backgrounds and let them share a little of their story. Everyone has a story to tell. Everyone has life worth living, and we can all create more joy in our lives. I want to hear other stories so we can learn from each other. If you are interested in sharing about yourself, please go to peoplearoundtown.com and send me a message. Jason, you've had quite the adventure. You could say that, yeah. It's been... There have been ups and downs for sure. It's been some of the most difficult days I've had in a long time, but then, man, the highlights have just been absolutely incredible. Okay, so tell me a little bit about this journey. So... On August 17th, I loaded some camping gear on the back of my bicycle and left my home in Wisconsin with the vague goal of like getting to Seattle and going down the Pacific Coast. And now, 103 days and 4,000 miles later, here I am in Eugene, Oregon. Um, rode all the way across Minnesota, South Dakota, um, over to Yellowstone in western Wyoming, and then up through Montana across Washington and now kind of working my way south along the Pacific coast. Wow. So cool. All on your bicycle. Well, not all on a bicycle. Okay. I, uh, the bike broke down on me in South Dakota and I hitchhiked about 20 miles to town, but <laughs> you know, and a couple of construction zones, they wouldn't let me ride through, but for the most part, yeah, it's okay. all been the bike. What'd you do during the construction zones? Hitchhiked or? Uh, they had me ride through like, so they have like the pilot truck that all the cars are supposed to follow through there. And so they just threw my bike in the back of the truck and let me ride with them. In oh, there. so you got an so, escort. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of funny that like both of the days that I ended up in construction zones I couldn't bike through were both pretty rough days where I was like, okay, yeah, I'll kind of take a break from the bike today, you know? Yeah. So it was a nice little break. Yeah. Cool. So tell me about those hard days. What made it a hard day when you're out Man, on your bike? Man, like all of South Dakota more or less because it was all uphill and all against the wind from the Mississippi River to the Badlands in western South Dakota and... You know, there were days where I could barely hear myself think over the wind. I couldn't hear cars coming behind me until they were, like, right next to me. And it was, like, coming straight on from in front of me. So, And there's nothing to see out there. It's just cornfields and cattle pastures. So it was really difficult. Those couple of weeks across South Dakota really made me question what I was doing and, you know, was it really going to be worth it? And then 
I got to the Badlands, which were just incredible, and I met some great people in the campground there. And then up through the Black Hills was just beautiful. Where are the Badlands? Uh, so the Badlands are in kind of like southwestern South Dakota. Okay, so all of South Dakota isn't bad. <laughs> the Badlands right. are good. <laughs> <laughs> the Badlands were awesome, yeah. Um, that was definitely one of the most difficult parts of the trip. Um, Wyoming had some pretty big challenges. Uh, pretty much my whole route across the state was just playing connect the dots between grocery stores and sightseeing was kind of secondary to that. There were a couple of times where I would have run out of water if not for kind strangers in cars stopping and asking if I needed anything. Just because there's nothing. There's just nothing out there. Um, yeah, and then Montana had some challenges of its own as well. Uh, a lot of mountains to climb out there. And yeah, I'd say so. The weather took a turn for the worse while I was there, and there was a lot of snow, more than they usually get that early in the year. And it was when it wasn't snowing, it was still cold. So you did get to bike through snow? I did, yeah. Um, there was one day in Grand Teton National Park that I was camping there, and in the morning, I was planning that day to ride from Grand Teton up to Yellowstone, but when I woke up in the morning, it was raining. So I just kind of hid in my tent until the rain broke in the early afternoon, and then I packed up and got a move on, and it went well enough for a while, and then it started raining again. As I, and as I climbed up this mountain road and got higher in elevation, the rain turned to snow, and so it made for a really cold, miserable ride. I ended up uh, putting myself up in a, a little lodge just south of Yellowstone that would normally be way out of my budget, but it was worth it. It was needed. After that day for a hot shower and a yeah. real bed. Yeah. Um, and then there was another time a little later in Montana um, where there was some snow forecasted for the coming days. And so I got in touch with somebody from this website called Warm Showers. And it's kind of like couch surfing, if you're familiar with that, except it's just for people traveling by bicycle. Um, and so he put me up in his home for a couple of days to wait out the snow. And that was really fun. Um, definitely made the most of kind of a tough situation there you know, having, meeting some cool people through that, and so. Yeah. Wow. How was, uh, how was the rest? Like, you went, so Montana, ups and downs, and after Montana, you got to, uh, you went through Idaho a little bit? Little bit in Idaho, um, only two days riding across the Panhandle, and spent the one night in between in a motel for some reason I can't quite remember, um, it was beautiful, what little bits of Idaho I saw, and I'd definitely like to go back and see more of the state sometime. And then Washington was just incredible. Um, Did you go through Spokane? I actually skipped Spokane and okay. went a little bit further north. Okay. Um, somebody I met in the campground back in the Badlands was from the Seattle area, and he strongly recommended the uh, North Cascades Highway Highway 20 across Washington, so I ended okay. up doing that, um, which goes through the North Cascades Mountains, so it was more uphill climbs, but yeah. man, it was the highlight of the trip so far, just absolutely beautiful up there. 
Um, so I took that all the way, I took Highway 20 all the way to the town of Anacortes, uh, right on like the, not the ocean, I guess, but like a little inlet or whatever. Um, and then I spent a week or so island hopping in the San Juan Islands, which I really wanted to like, but getting to the Pacific Northwest at the start of the rainy season, it was, mm. you know, couldn't see all that much of the islands because of like the low cloud cover and it was raining during the day and most nights. Um, but then near the end of my stay on the islands, it cleared up and dried out all my camping gear and managed to end it on a positive note. Okay. So from there, I did a loop around the Olympic Peninsula and then took the ferry over to Seattle um, and hung out in a hostel in Seattle for a week or so to see the city and then worked my way down to Portland. Stopped there for a week between seeing the city and recovering from some food poisoning. And then uh, went out to the coast, down to Florence, which is like due west of here. And then I came inland. And now we're in Eugene, Oregon. Yep, now I'm here. Awesome. So cool, man. Thank you for sharing your your journey with us. Yeah, my Um, pleasure. So how has this journey affected you as a person how have you changed as a person um geez that's a big question um i think one of the most important things i've learned is that like most of the people out there are good despite what we're hearing you know in the news these days you know the world is overall a pretty good place and so i try to let everybody have a positive influence on my story even if it's you know something simple like one of those drivers in Wyoming giving me a bottle of water even if I knew that I had enough water to make it to the next town where I could refill I'd still ask them for water just because it's something I need it's something they probably have and it helps them feel good about helping me right so yeah that's been a really powerful experience for me, I think, to just learn how to say yes and let people help me like that. Um, And I'm really glad that that's something I've learned how to do because I've met just a ton of amazing people through that. That's awesome. Have you had a hard time allowing people to help you in your past? I mean, I don't have a hard time accepting help necessarily, but unconditional help. Like when people welcome me into their homes and give me a bed and a shower and, you know, most times feed me. It's like after sharing that dinner, it's like I offer, can I at least do the dishes? And they're like, no, don't worry about it. We'll get it. Right. So. And these are people you may never see again. You know, you can't repay them. Right. In that way. So you. It's like, I hope someday I can pay it forward to other cyclists who might pass through my hometown. But in the meanwhile, it's like. I just that's the kind accept of giving their help. That, that's the kind of giving that's fun to give. Right? That's what I feel like. Yeah. Is when there's no way that someone's actually going to reciprocate, and I know I'm just giving it to give. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that? Yeah, I definitely get where you're coming from there. Um, there was one day where I stopped at a little cafe for breakfast, and somebody inside this little cafe saw me pull up on the bike and he ended up paying covering my bill for me because he was apparently a 
long distance cyclist himself and just wanted to kind of help me out never never said anything to me just kind of paid my bill and went on his way and so a couple weeks later I found myself in another little diner for breakfast and I decided you know to just I just saw an older man eating with a little girl maybe his granddaughter or something and he looked like a fun guy the girl was laughing a lot and seemed to like him so I just thought he looks like a nice person. I'm just going to pay that forward and cover their meal for them. And so, yeah, I, I get what you mean about like that. You know, I, I also asked our waitress to not point me out to him or tell him who, who did it. So yeah, I, I definitely get kind of the appeal of like just that, you know, just giving without expecting anything in return. Yeah. And you giving that, what effect did that have on you when you gave that to that grandpa and daughter? I mean, I don't know. It just felt really good to see, like, just the way he lit up after that, that, like, I made his day, it seemed. Um, And I just hope that, you know, he pays it forward himself sometime and spreads a little bit more joy in this world. Um, That's awesome. Thank you for that. I'd say for me personally, I've had to learn to freely give. And it hasn't always been easy for me. I'm getting better at it. And I am better at it than I was. But I would try to give and it was always a little bit, um, oh, I can't quite afford this. Or, you know, just like holding on to things a little bit. Um, but learning to give freely and just like, openly and without any expectation of getting anything back um that's one been one of the biggest struggles and greatest joys of my life i'd say so um, i love that you've experienced that how about like your life before this journey so I'm 20 years old, just to, like, right now, just to yeah. kind of put that in context. Cool. Um, when I was 13 years old, I read online about a guy who rode a bicycle from northern Alaska to the southern tip of South America. And I loved bicycling. I loved camping. I had recently gotten back from my first time traveling <laughs> internationally and enjoyed that. So the way most 13-year-olds obsess over something, I kind of developed an obsession for bicycle touring and finally the summer when I was 16 years old I felt ready to pitch this idea to my parents though on a much smaller scale so one day I you know set off and rode like 40 miles to a state park we had driven to many times before stayed in a campground there and biked back the next day and that was awesome so the next summer when I was 17 I uh went out on like a four-day 200 mile bike trip um the summer when i was 20 when i was 18 just graduated from high school had no plans of going to college at that point instead deciding to do this big trip that's happening now um i spent three weeks riding around lake michigan so you know from four days to three weeks was a pretty big jump there um but it went really well and had a ton of fun just absolutely incredible so that kind of cemented in my mind that like yeah bicycle touring even on a little bit bigger scale than what i've done before is you know i want to do this this is where i want 
my life to go, right? Yeah. So after that trip, I realized I needed money if I wanted to do this for like a year. Uh -huh. So I found a job and started saving up and had a little bit of vacation time to use. Um, last year, in October of last year, I flew my bike out to Asheville, North Carolina, spent two weeks cycling up the Blue Ridge Parkway and then over to Washington, D.C. And then this summer I decided it was time to finally go for the big trip. Um, Man, way, way to go. That's Thanks. so awesome. <laughs> and way to build up to it, you know. You wanted to do this since, you know, 13, 16, building up to this. And then working, getting a job to get the money so you could fund what you wanted to do. Uh, that's awesome. It wasn't just handed to you. You had to work for this. You had to prepare for it. It was a pretty special moment when I, you know, when I quit that job and when I set off on this trip that this is a dream I've been working towards for, well, not actively working towards, but a dream I've wanted for a third of my life now. Yeah. So to see that finally come together like this, it was, yeah, man. it was a special moment for sure. That's awesome. And you're only 20 and no matter what age anyone is, we can keep on dreaming, work towards something and go and do it and enjoy it. You know, and you have so many more dreams that you have yet to fulfill, right? Right. I mean, it's kind of tough. Like, where do I go from here? I've been oh, wondering man. that a lot. Like, oh, how do I... You will find your answer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've been thinking about it a lot that, like, how do you... You know, when you've been working towards something for so long, it's like, how do you push yourself to go bigger once you achieve that, right? But... yeah. Well, I don't Hopefully know. Hopefully I'll figure it out when I get there. Yeah, I don't know for you, but I imagine looking for inspiration while you're driving, while you're riding, with that time and with the experiences, you'll find more dreams, more things that inspire you that you want to do. That's my thought and my hope for you. As I delve in and follow my heart, I find more things to drive me to a greater purpose to a greater vision to the world that i want to live and to the person that i want to be and i feel like as i follow my heart i find that and i create that that makes sense just kind of figure it out as i go along and it's okay to not know it is exactly so okay to I'm not know right now <laughs> oh my gosh like our like you know, they say our prefrontal cortex is still developing into our late 20s, right? Okay. And most 35-year-olds still don't know the point of their life. <laughs> right. You know, like... Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's been kind of tough for me. Like, all of my friends from high school knew exactly what they wanted to do after high school. They're all in college. They all know, you know, they've known from the day they started college what they're majoring and then they haven't changed it so okay it's been kind of hard for me to like i feel like i'm disconnecting from them that we don't have like that shared experience of college anymore even though they all think it's super cool what i'm doing and they're all for it it's just i don't know i know i shouldn't compare myself to them because we all have different lives but it's still hard not to yeah. and to kind of wonder like what am i doing you know because i feel so yeah lost i guess so i i hear you 
I was one of those students where I jumped into college, I jumped into everything that I was supposed to be doing. I thought I knew exactly what I was going to be doing and different things. I got a degree. I have a PhD. And I'm stepping into my life now where I'm ready to just start completely over with whatever I feel like I need to do next. And I'm okay with that. I'm 34 at a place where you're at when you're 20. And this is life. It just cycles. And those people, those friends of yours who are there right now, you know, they may well at 30 years old be like, oh, I thought I'd get into this degree and I thought I'd enjoy this, but it's not all beautiful and happy like I thought it would be, you know? They're going to be going through different things at different times. So, no, it doesn't have any point. There's no point in comparing. You know, we all have our own journey. And, like, you're being true to your heart. Um, stepping out of the status quo and being willing to experiment with our lives to figure out what actually makes us happy is powerful. And more people need to do that in order to find greater happiness and fulfillment. That's my opinion. Yeah, that makes sense. Especially in this day and age where college is so expensive. Like, I could not yeah. afford to figure it out as I go there and change my major, you know, half a dozen times, right? So, yeah. And college isn't needed for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's not helping people in the way that it's supposed to or the way that we purport it will. Our education system is kind of broken. And there are so many more ways to make a living and to be very successful than just to go and spend thousands of dollars getting debt through college. <laughs> you know, it's, there's lots of other ways. And, and you're doing this, and it's awesome. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I commend you. And it is scary, I think, to step out of the status quo. And, like, you know, I have friends, and they're doing this, and they, have, they work their 9-to-5 jobs, and... I'm stepping out of that and doing something different. You know what my heart calls. So I feel you there. <laughs> but it took me an extra decade to get there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't matter. I'll probably do this again in a decade because it's actually what makes me happy. Seriously. Like our lives are so long and even the extent of our lives we could well be living past 120 regularly, uh, hopefully because people are happier and there's less stress. So we do live longer, um, like you're, you're gonna live a very long life. So am I. And we have our whole lives to just find new adventures and, and experiences, find joy. That's what I think. Probably gonna take some of what I said out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So you don't quite know what your next step is. So the plan is to spend the winter you know, in Southern California, maybe head east across Arizona and New Mexico, and then fly home when the snow melts back home in, like, April or May. Um, and then I'm planning to go to college, like, starting next fall. I have no idea what I'm going to study. Got a couple ideas that I've been mulling over, but I'm really not totally sure. Um, so I'm kind of hoping I'll figure that out once I get there, you know, start off with an undecided major or whatever and just see, see if I figure it out. Yeah. Um, it kind of depends on like 
you know, is this trip going to satisfy my wanderlust or do I want to keep traveling, right? So I'm, I consider myself very lucky to have caught the travel bug, you know, early enough that if I want to, I can shape a career after that and kind of keep striving towards this. I would this. say it doesn't matter when you get it, you can always shape a career afterwards. Even if you were But it's 40. easier if you know from the start, I think. Yeah, it's easier because that's what we tell ourselves. And because we have a timeline that we think that we have, right? And there, it, there are biological timelines that are real. But, um, but anytime we catch that, it's okay to, be, you know, to follow it. And you do. You have a lot of time. And you're right. It is even better if you're in your 20s like at 20 years old and go travel the world and get an idea for what's out there. It's going to benefit your whole life. Absolutely. Do you think this will satisfy your travel less? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so either, <laughs> man. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure. Like, it's been a great experience. I don't regret doing this for sure, but I'm not sure that I ever want to do something like to this length again. Yeah. You know, that two-week trip that I did last year was... I like to go bigger than that, but this is, you know, still kind of trying to find that balance for me. Yeah. So. Yeah, you'll find it. And, uh, yeah, be true to that travel list. Like, it will. you'll learn what you need to learn by going to places where you feel called call to go. And, um, I interviewed one lady... And she's done humanitarian work around the whole world wow. and seen the world through that work. And that could be something that calls to you at some point. There's an organization called All Hands and Hearts. You can volunteer with them, um, meet really awesome people, uh, help people rebuild their lives in places that have um, suffered from different disasters. Um, I mean, that's, that's one really good way. To, to see the world uh, and there's work exchanges and you're right you have so much time and since I am in my 30s I do feel a little bit more pressure to be like oh I want to want to have a wife I want to have kids and like these things so there's a little bit more pressure that way but I still kind of I don't trust that pressure I still just trust that my heart will lead me to where I need to be in the right place in the right time like, I think the answer is always the same. I mean, I definitely feel like you just have to go with your gut on a lot of these things. You can't, yeah. you can't shape your life out of that pressure that society wants you to be something. Yeah. You're just not going to find happiness, you know, if you're not doing, if you're not being true to yourself and pursuing your calling. So, yes. Keep doing you, man. Yes. <laughs> yes. Another question I have for you, how do you experience joy in your life? God, that's such a broad question. Like, are you asking like what brings joy to my life or how I express it or? That's both of those. What brings joy into your life? How do you find it or create it or invite it or experience it? intentionally broad intentionally <laughs> difficult you can take all the time in the world to think about this question <laughs> jeez i 
I mean, like I kind of mentioned before, is that I, I believe that the world is an inherently good place, and that despite what some people may say or want us to believe, that the vast majority of people out there are good people. Um, and so I feel like just being able to connect with all the kindness that's out there in the world is, you know, that we can share that with each other and share our happiness is a really special thing. And so I guess that's kind of part of why I like to travel is like to see, you know, all of that joy that's not just in my neighborhood or my city, but all around us. Um, yeah, I don't know. You do know. That's awesome. <laughs> and you've expressed a lot of what brings you joy. You know, just watching your face as you talk about going through the mountains and going up hills. <laughs> and even when I asked you that question, you know, the smile on your face, you know, trying to go back and, and see that, um, you know, it's powerful. Another question, you know, you have your 20 years of of life what would you say may be the most difficult thing that you've gone through in growing up is brought to you to where you are right now i would say another kind of defining moment of my life so far has been my parents divorce um i kind of started seeing their relationship going downhill when i was 13 years old and they didn't finalize the divorce until I was, I think, 17. Um, so it was pretty difficult. They made it such a long, drawn-out process when we all knew that it was going to happen. So might as well just get it over with, right? Um, so those have definitely been some of the bigger struggles in my life that I would say have had a big impact on who I am as a person now. Yeah. With the divorce, was there a lot of contention? There was, yeah. Um, a lot of fighting between my parents and my brother getting involved in them as well. I usually tried to hide yeah. when they were fighting because I'm not as confrontational as anyone else in my family. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was not... They didn't end it on good terms, for mm. sure. So There's still quite a bit of animosity that lingers between them and it's caused some issues between me and dad now but you know, I try not to dwell on it too much we learn things and we learn to do better right yeah like you're learning to spread love you're learning to to bring joy to other people and in a healthy and a good way so I would say you've seen something negative and you're creating something positive now i try not to have any regrets in life because i figure you know those negative experiences you can dwell on them and think about how much your life sucks or you can see them as an opportunity to better yourself right so yeah i try to keep that in mind through the divorce and a lot of other, you know, anytime something doesn't go quite right, it's it's an opportunity for growth and self-discovery. Yeah. 
So maybe my last question is when you're writing and you have a really shitty day, what drives you to get, get up in the morning the next day? Do, do you ever have mornings where like, I just don't want to get up? Absolutely. Um, and what do you do about that? You know, I just tell myself if I've been climbing a really big hill, even the tallest mountains have a summit. They can't go up forever. You know, someday the rain's going to clear up and the sun comes back out. And even the worst gravel roads will guide me back to pavement eventually, right? <laughs> Hopefully. So, <laughs> so you can... If not, you can always turn around. Right? <laughs> so you can focus on the things that aren't going right and feel miserable for yourself. Or you can just put your head down and grind through the difficult days with the promise that maybe not tomorrow, maybe not the next day, but hopefully by the day after that, things will take a turn for the better. And yeah. so far, it's always worked out for me. There you go, man. That's awesome. I love that. I think about that one a lot, <laughs> to be honest. It's, when I first started thinking about doing something like this i read a lot online about like other people who would bike across countries and continents and around the world and they never really talked about those difficult days mm. so when i first experienced that myself it was a surprise for sure but you know i tried to make the best of it and so that's something i say a lot now on like online bicycle touring communities is when new people are asking for advice i tell them mm. exactly what i just told you that some days it's honestly just gonna suck right so and it does suck and it really does suck and we look back and we can laugh about it yeah <laughs> but it really really did suck <laughs> somebody much much wiser than myself said you'll never tell the story of the time you just checked into a campsite and slept there without incident right yeah at the very least, the bad days make the best stories, so... <laughs> yeah, but they do suck in the moment. Yeah. Uh, but we just... Your advice is, is awesome. So, thank you. All right, Jason. Thank you so much for sharing your experience. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. my pleasure. This was a ton of fun, so thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. That's it for this episode of the People Around Town Community Podcast. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Feel free to subscribe on iTunes, love it, leave a review, or go to peoplearoundtown.com and leave a comment. I would love to hear from you. Have an awesome day.